Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today, we have a wonderful show with my friend, Ali Caminiti. Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Ola Dance. The weather has hit. I just got a notification this morning about black ice. So you know it is getting real out there. So you're going to have your winter hats. You're going to be running with your music, your audio books, and your podcasts. But you're going to want something that fits under that beanie. I love my Ola Dance OWS2 headphones. They have the best sound in the game. They use open ear design, not bone conduction. And they don't have that bar in the back that stops you from putting on your beanie. It is winter time, people. You need to be prepared. So what better way than to use the Ola Dance OWS2 headphones and save 20% while you're at it by using code rambling. So So go to oladance.com forward slash rambling and use code rambling today now ali caminiti is here ali welcome back to the show hi thanks i'm so excited to be talking with you again this is going to be so much fun so i took one of your classes this past fall it was absolutely fantastic you've been on the show before so we'll, we'll link that in the show notes and it was an enlightening experience for me as someone who has definitely struggled with the mental side of running mental side of all areas of my life. I'm going to be (laughs) truly transparent here, but certainly on the running side, it was called Run Your Mind. And there was an aspect of it that really um, hit home for me. And we're going to talk about micro quitting today. Uh, Before we get into it, because what prompted you to start this class for runners? I know that you are an active runner. You are a very good runner. But at the same time, your your day-to-day work isn't necessarily focused on runners all the time. Yeah, so um, this course actually began loosely when I was um, working in a prison um, with uh, inmates in an acute psychiatric setting, and I was teaching a motivation class um, because obviously, like, motivation is very hard to come by in prison, especially with some people who might have very long sentences and coupled with dealing with mental illness. Um, And so, like, while we were focused on motivation, most of it was about, like, building habits and, like, kind of understanding that motivation isn't very reliable and that knowing yourself and, like, what drives you is more valuable than, like, waiting to be inspired or like waiting for motivation to kind of strike. Um, And like thinking about the definition of motivation, it's like, like a force acting upon you to like make you do something or like a stimulus to make you do something. And sometimes, or oftentimes, I think we perceive it as as more inspiration, like motivation when like you can be like this self propelling force like you don't have to wait you kind of have to like ignite your own self if that makes sense yeah especially for hobbies right the idea is like hey this is my love this is my passion i shouldn't need to feel this like motivation i should be like willing to do it at a moment's notice and like when that doesn't hit or we're sitting here like i don't want to go for my long run it's too (laughs) cold it's like oh well like how does this how do i juxtapose that feeling with the idea of like but i really like running and and then when you throw in goals and expectations into the mix, it can get into quite the stew. Yeah, absolutely. And like with something that's your hobby and you enjoy it and it's like joined with 
goal setting, it can get messy sometimes because there might be this expectation that you're supposed to be like happy about it all the time or be like enjoying it all the time. And that's not necessarily true about any hobby, but especially when you've like now layered goals on top of it. Like it, it, it does get really messy um, and like understanding what is your priority in the moment and like long term, like figuring out almost like delayed gratification in a way where like just because something isn't like sparking joy right now doesn't necessarily mean that it's not worth it for you to do it right now. That's a great point. And this, this is why I let's take the class. You're always <laughs> offering all this, all this wisdom. And it was really such a wonderful experience for me. Again, one of the things that really struck home for me was this idea of micro quitting. Because for so many of us, you know, the, the idea of quitting in this context is usually what we would assume was like the macro quitting, right? If we're going to put mm, yeah. it in like the micro macro setup, right? It's like, all right, I am not doing this anymore, right? Screw running. I'm throwing my running shoes away. I'm going to go do, I don't know, something else. Becoming yeah. a running podcaster instead of running. Maybe, maybe <laughs> a, a, might be a pertinent comparison in this situation. But with that being said, um, the micro quitting idea, I love mm-hmm. this because I find myself all the time having these internal conversations of like, you know, almost on the daily, sometimes even hourly, of like, you know, making the right choices in regards to my athletics, whether that's nutrition based or doing my strides, doing my strength training, you know, just doing the, like say doing 9.3 miles instead of the 10 miles I was supposed to do. When I say supposed to like, that's what was written on my schedule. And then the time just be like, Oh, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Or like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to get home a little bit earlier? All of these Mm -hmm. rationalizations that come to mind. And when we're at least I'll speak for myself when I'm in the, when I'm in like in the, the heat of the moment, like, they all sound perfectly reasonable. And then after the fact, they don't sound nearly as reasonable when I'm <laughs> yeah. looking back on them. So when did, um, I guess just from a broader base perspective, when did you start thinking about micro quitting in terms of, you know, addressing this with people that you were talking to mm. about trying to reach either their fullest potential or the, the different goals that they had set for themselves? Yeah, so like most of the things that I tend to, try to learn about often originate with myself and like, why am I quitting? Why am I doing this? You know what I mean? So that I can like make improve myself. And like, that's also um, a big part of the things that I would bring to therapy. Like, these are the things that I am struggling with, or like, these are the things that I'm noticing you guys are struggling with. And I know I've experienced something similar and know how to like address this. Um, So I read this book called um, Stop Self-Sabotage by Dr. Judy Ho. Um, And that was all about, sabotage and microquitting are like directly related in my understanding of it. And like sabotage is like, self-sabotage is like all the little things along the way that lead to like those macro quits that you're talking about. And so like when addressing in my own experience, like, why do I do these macro quits or like in a race? Like, why am I giving up? Why am I not like following through with this when it really counts, when I really don't want to, um, to be quitting, you know, it like doesn't start there. Like it starts so much earlier, like way earlier in the process. And it's like a repeated, like 
tiny fracture over and over and over again that like leads to this uh, like kind of like big moment where you end up making a choice. And like all of it is just choices. It's just like small choices over and over and over again. And like while sure, something in the moment may not seem like that big of a deal, when it happens repeatedly, it is a big deal. And it's like, because it it like compiles, you know? Um, so like something you said was running 9.3 instead of 10 or whatever. So like we can objectively see that like those miles are gonna add up at the end. But something about micro quitting is that it's like, yeah, those things may add up, but it's not always about what you didn't do. Sometimes it's about like maybe doing too much. Um, so it may be like, Micro quitting may be like cutting yourself short or like overextending yourself. So for different people, it's going to like manifest in a different way. Um, And the biggest component about like addressing micro quitting is seeing the underlying like reason for why you're doing it. Because when you look at like the superficial thing of like, yeah, it's cold out. I want to get inside. That will be better for me. I want to do that right now. When you do that, sure, it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to get sick. Like I'm going to catch a cold, like being out here, whatever. So you like go inside and you end without doing your strides. That's like in a moment, it's gratifying, right? It feels good. It always feels good to like relieve yourself of the discomfort, but then later it's not serving you, right? Like it doesn't serve you over time. Um. And so like making those small choices in the moment is like critical to like keep yourself going, but understanding why you're actually doing it, you're not actually doing it because it's cold, right? You're not actually making that choice for this like superficial reason. There's something beneath that. And so like identifying the thing beneath that as to why you're like repeatedly making these choices is more critical and like more work than like just addressing the like momentary micro quit if that makes sense absolutely so what are some examples like what would be the underneath layer that is causing the micro quitting beyond beyond like the superficial silly reason that we're trying to (laughs) tell ourselves in the moment yeah i mean it's like for every person it's going to be different so for me i can speak from only my own experience but a lot of my micro quits come from me like not prioritizing myself and putting other people before me. So like I end up cutting myself short or like making bad choices for my own training or for like my own, you know, like wellness when I put other people first and like neglect my own self. And like, so then there's another layer to the onion, right? Like why are you putting other people first? Why are you like prioritizing other people's needs before yours? And like, Part of that comes from like a, an internalized self belief of like, um, like I can wait. I like they can't wait. They deserve this now. I can handle waiting, or like I can handle like suffering in a way. And like so, then it goes another layer. Like, why do you deserve to be like put last, or and why do they deserve to be put first? or like everybody else put first. And then like that next layer is like self-worth, right? And like self-valuation and saying like, okay, I actually am like saying I'm not, I'm not deserving of like 
maybe it's like love or um, care or like nourishment in some way. Um, So it's like peeling back all these layers. Um, So it's not always as simple as just like the thing like of not doing the strides. You know what I mean? It's like so much more than that. (laughs) Right. Especially if it's something that continues to pop up. Right. It could be just one time like, yeah, I was cold that one day. But like maybe it's someone who's like never acts on that kind of, um, you know, never goes down that side of the decision tree to mix sure. my metaphors. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, yeah, they did that that one time. But usually this isn't a problem. So, yeah, whatever, you know, you know, throw it away. Who cares? But then there's other sure. people, namely me, who fall into this bucket, who do this stuff all the time. So obviously it's related to something else. Yeah. You brought up earlier and I hadn't thought about this about the idea of like, hey, the micro quitting sometimes doesn't mean doing less. Sometimes it means doing too much. And at the moment, I was like, wait, wait, that doesn't quite make sense because I was so ingrained with the idea of quitting being like Mm. the stopping of motion, right? As opposed to micro quitting being connected to self-sabotage where we often see people doing too much, whether it's coming out Mm -hmm. of you know, coming off of an injury and diving back back into it too much or like going into like, say, a marathon build and like just doing way too much intensity because like, and I'm just gonna give some examples and I'd love for you to give to give more or better yeah. ones, but like like the, the folks who might be kind of like micro quitting on their marathon because they need a constant need and validation for like that things are going well. So they keep running at marathon pace just to like double check, like, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Right. As opposed to being like, no, 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 it's just, you know, it's two by three miles a marathon pace today, not two by six miles a marathon pace, you know, just to like, you know, make sure that you're feeling okay. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are better examples out there, but those are ones that came to mind for me. Yeah. And for like, every person is different, right? So we're all going to like showcase our um, like feelings about ourselves in different behaviors. And, but for most like amateur runners, I would say, most of us are on the side of like, we're not doing all the stuff. We're like cutting ourselves short in a lot of ways. And then there's a portion of people who might be overextending themselves doing too much. And it could be because of the same reason. Like your behavior could be stemming from the same reason and just manifesting in different ways. And for some people, that leads to a lot of success. Like they can get really... um like evolved as a runner when they like put a lot more into themselves. But then it could lead to burnout or lead to um, injury, right? And sometimes people will be like, I need to do more. So maybe instead of running like 9.3, they're always running an extra mile every time, you know? And like, sure, once in a while, that's not going to do anything. Like that's not that big of a deal. But when you're doing it like constantly, it's like, there's a pattern and a thought process behind that or like something that they're trying to serve or like fulfill beneath that. Um, And like, that's the thing that has to be addressed or like they're, they'll go do their long run and then go to like three workout classes like afterwards or something like almost like compulsively. And it's like trying to, it's fulfilling the same need of like self-worth, but in a different like action, if that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And I can see exactly what you're saying in that. I think the the word you used compulsion is like right on the money. Like that definitely, you know, that definitely rings true. 
focusing more on like the actual like, quitting side of micro quitting yeah. instead of like the the overindulgence side. Um, when you, I'm just trying to think like, when you start to talk about this topic with new people, new to you, how do you address it in terms of why this is important for them to understand? Not just that like the obvious, like, yes, please do your strength training. If like you mm-hmm. actually want to get stronger, like, like you don't, you don't have to see like, you know, a therapist to tell you that, right. You we all know that, right. <laughs> but when, you, when, you, when you're bringing up this idea of micro quitting and how it can be pervasive or be sneakily apparent in someone's actions, how do you yeah. start that process? That's a really good question. In the beginning of addressing this, you almost have to not address it and like acknowledge that a person is doing the best that they can in what they're doing. And like sometimes that might mean like um, just saying, I'm glad you just got out there. I'm glad that you did some of it. I'm glad that you, you know what I mean? Like acknowledging that they got something done that's better than nothing which is true and like developing habits like you have to buy into yourself and so initially you have to like kind of understand like I am doing the best I can what I am doing is good enough and so like then growing from from a place of good enough has to be the first step so you can't like have a new athlete who's like running three miles instead of five or whatever and be like you didn't like mad at them like you didn't do like your your whole run like why didn't you do this like instead of coming down like that the first step is like I see that you're doing what you can right now like this is a process like growing into that. And then the next step is saying, okay, like now maybe we need to like try and structure, what's the reason why we're not having enough time to do this? Like maybe we need to wake up earlier or or like um, organize something beforehand, like very logistic based things to try and like achieve the goal or like get those little objectives met. Um, And then if that's like a repeated thing and you're saying, okay, we're like trying to shape these habits and they're not getting shaped, like why, what is it? Like, why are you not giving yourself enough time? Like when you don't give yourself enough time, it's like a a core facet of self-care, you know, like why are you not deserving of the time that you need, you know? And so like it has to be in a progression. All right. Quick break to talk about John G., I'm so excited. Two things I want to talk about. First of all, the John G. Clothes, they're the best. Five-year run guarantee. Best stuff out there, for sure. The things I want to highlight today, twofold. First of all, the wind shell. The Zephyr wind shell. I got this. I love a good wind shell. It's getting windy around here in Rhode Island. And the thing about windbreakers is they also keep the heat in. So I love these things. They are so versatile. They're so light. I love a good wind shell. The Zephyr wind shell. I just got it. It's fantastic. Also... The waffle, the long sleeve waffle shirts. I got three of them. I love these suckers. You're going to want to get them too. Oh, not only does John G. again have the five-year run guarantee, but they're stylish. They got some great stuff on the John G. website. Use code rambling at checkout to save 15%. Not only do they have the top of the top shelf, brand new winter gear. They also have a great sales page and the code works on the sales page as well. Go to johng.com today for the best gear in running. I'm so glad that you approached it like that because that is right on the money. And I, I love this because it's so, it's pervasive in how we talk about so many things, like even just like a sports conversation, right? So I, you know, I woke up this morning, I was watching Sports Center, 
having my breakfast or whatever. And like, they're talking about like Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the, the Cowboys. And they're talking about like, all right, like, you know, is he going to like, is it, did this performance propel him into the MVP race? Right. And it's like, whether that did or not, it doesn't matter for this conversation, but it was a great example of like, that's how his performance was, you know, was analyzed because he's at a certain level. Right. As opposed to if he had had the exact same performance, but it was his first start ever, it would just be like, this was incredible. Can you believe what this person did? This is insane. Right. But it was like the performance was no different. It was just like how, you know, how what preceded it set the stage for the analysis. And then you go from there again. Obviously, these are critics and things like that. So there's this isn't an apples to apples comparison, but we can do the same thing with ourselves. And I think you bring up such a good point that you can't just go right to the micro quitting conversation. If you haven't started the habit and you haven't made this a big part of your life right from the beginning. Right. And it all begins with like, like self-acceptance and like a person who's feeling like it's a battle is not going to put in the effort to make any change. So like, if you feel like you're not, um, like you're not worth it or you're failing or you're doing something wrong from jump, like you're not gonna, you're gonna quit. Like you're gonna macro quit. Like you're gonna just be out. Like you're not gonna stay with the process in order to uncover, like, how do I follow through on this like longer journey, you know? So the very core thing is like first accepting that like where I'm at right now is the best that I can do right now and then changing from there. Now, as someone as it's at different stages in their journey, how important is it that they're really intentional, not just about what the hobby is that they're spending their time on, but the different elements that they want to incorporate into their schedule, whether it's hourly, daily, weekly, monthly, to set themselves up for, okay, these are maybe the expectations, or this is kind of like the, the range of things that I want to get done. Like I want I have five things on the thing, five things on my like little to-do list here. I want to make sure I get three of them done. Like how, how important is intentionality in this process in order to set the stage for expectations and what someone wants to get done? That's such a good question. I think in the beginning, intentionality is like really important because things don't just like happen on accident or like as happenstance, you know. Um, I think further down the line, then there's more leeway with intentionality where like you've kind of already structured your life and schedule and like the way you um, go through your day to day where there's space for stuff, where like you know this is going to happen no matter what. Like for me, I don't necessarily run first thing in the morning, but I have like a different shape of my life than I do now. When my life was, I needed to be at work at 7.30 in the morning, which truthfully, I was always late. But like, like when I had to be there at 7.30, like I had to get up early. Like that, it had to happen that way. So now I have more space where like, I know that no matter what, I'm going to get my run done during a day. That's not even a question. It's just, it depends on what time. It could be any time of the day. For other people, like that's not, they're probably not at 
that stage when you're first beginning your running journey, in the beginning, it's like I need to carve out specific time for myself and like set a structure and establish this routine. Otherwise, it won't happen because it's not a part of your daily routine just yet, you know? Someone who's just starting running, like for <laughs> them, it might just be like, all right, I want to run like a mile a day, right? Or whatever time. So for them, the micro quit, I'm assuming would might fall like, all right, they just didn't, they just didn't get out the door. So sure. for like, for someone like you, that might feel more like a macro quit because like, wait, I didn't do my run at all. Like what is exactly. this? Right. As was for them. It's like, no, for them just getting out the door is the win. So the micro quit mm -hmm. would be not getting out the door. Right. So I think from an intentionality standpoint, that would be, that would be key. Like what, where are you in the process? What are you trying to do? So taking that a step further as people mm -hmm. progress in their journey, I think about like, all right, the example I used before running 9.3 miles instead of 10, which is a real life example that happened last weekend for me. <laughs> right. So like for me, like the reason that was a micro quit is because I knew I was planning on running 10 miles. It wasn't just like, I'm going to go run. And then when I come back, whatever I ran, I ran, Right, there is no right. micro quit there in terms of like, once I, once I left the house, the goal had been achieved. Right. So as you're working with people and they either progress in their running and they become more, um, more committed to certain goals or certain aspirations, or they come to you and they're already in that zone and they're like, mm -hmm. Hey, I want it. I have this, this, this stretch goal. Can you help me achieve it? And they have the, this vision in their head. As you go through the steps with them, how do you lay out the, the things that they should do with, you know, to, to uh, supplement their running that is useful, but not so over the top that they're setting themselves up for failure because they're just taking on too much and almost mm -hmm. almost making sure that there's no way they can achieve all this stuff uh, in whatever timeline they're thinking about, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly. Yeah, I mean, you're making a really good point about like the expectation of a person and like reality. So it has to be, everything has to be achievable, right? But that also comes down to us realistically assessing ourselves and understanding what we have time for, what we have the ability to commit to, um, and like where, uh, like if our goals and what we want to achieve are actually achievable in this time frame or like in this like season of life right now. Um, so for example, I have an athlete who she's been running, we've been training together for a long time. And like her first marathon, she PR'd by like something insane, like 30 minutes or something. Um, and then her next marathon, she was expecting to run another PR. And she was in about the same fitness that she was the previous year, but her season of life was that she was in grad school and working full-time and trying to run and she loves to lift. So like there's not when you're going to lift like four times a week for like 90 minutes, like you're and that's like your core passion, you're not gonna have enough like time or energy to put in the miles to improve. So like she was essentially maintaining during that time. And that had to be a very realistic, like almost like come to Jesus where it's like, you're not always going to PR like you're right now. You're like, <laughs> we're staying where we're at 
because that's how much energy we have to dedicate to running a marathon right now. It's not about like pushing the envelope and like going further. And then this past year, so she's going to run CIM this weekend. This past year, she finished grad school. She she became more realistic with herself too, like understanding like I lifting is going to be like this stress reliever for me in a way and like being in part of a community in the way that running is very like solo and like I'm on my own and I need the community to take myself like away from some of this stuff and like relieve stress. So during the remainder of grad school, that was the priority. As soon as she finished school, she was like, now I have so much more time and energy to dedicate to building back my running fitness and get back into this thing that I care about. Um, And she, I like, I would be surprised if she didn't smash like a 10 minute PR this on the Sunday, because she's like in a different phase and just had to realistically accept like, now I have the space to dedicate this to this. And before I didn't. You know, sounds like someone we need to get on the show after this. I'm in, I'm in oh California God, right yeah. now. I'm in Sacramento right now. Maybe I can <laughs> grab her later. Um, this is a great point. All right. This has been super helpful. And I love how before we talked about that the, the micro quitting can be and often is a symptomatic of another issue that lays below it. With that <laughs> said, I'd love to talk about the, the negative downstream effects of micro quitting, no, no matter what the reasons are the you know the repetitiveness of it and it you know keeping you know keep, it keeps coming up for people whether it's exactly the same way like or i'm always not doing the strength training or like hey you know it's just like a little bit here and a little bit there but bundled together it's a lot over yes. a longer period of time talk to me about just the negative down the, the negative downstream effects of falling into this habit of acting on um on this sort of thing yeah so like you People who cut things short repeatedly, like microquit repeatedly, really believe that they're doing all the stuff, like they're doing enough. Like they have convinced themselves that like they're putting in the miles, they're doing the work, you know, even though they're not like they're like downplaying things repeatedly on a regular basis. And so like when you get to your race or you get to like the point where you have to um, like actually put yourself on the line to try and achieve your goal that you've been working towards, um, it can often result in disappointment because you've convinced yourself that you're doing the work. And if you have, if you've been micro quitting, it's going to lead to this like moment of just like kind of, um, like, what's the word? Like, you're, you feel like defeated, you know, you feel like it's not worth it. Like, I did everything I was supposed to do. And like, it, look, I, it didn't work out for me. Like, maybe I'm just not meant to be like, whatever, or do this thing. And it's kind of confirming this, like, that underlying self belief of why you were micro quitting all along. You know what I mean? So like, in order to have that not occur, you have to kind of just like, force yourself through. And so like something, a skill in like DBT is called um, opposite action. So it's literally just like doing the opposite of what you're feeling, if it makes sense to do that. So like, if you're running, and 
it's like cold and dark out and you're like, I want to be home. So I'm going to skip the strides because I feel cold and I'm like bored or like done with this now. Doing the opposite makes sense. By just doing the strides, it makes sense in that situation. It wouldn't make sense in a situation where you're like, I just fell and I'm bleeding all over the place or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there are, you have to check the facts and like establish like, is it right for me to do the opposite of what I'm feeling and like wanting, or is it right for me to like go with that? And usually micro quits are situations where you should employ opposite action because you don't, you're trying to back out of something just for a reason of seeking pleasure, right? Like just for uh, like this, like instant gratification of being out of the discomfort um, and not for like a reason that's really that valid. Man, this is just like piercing my soul. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, she's describing me in every way. This is, this is like, you know, this is quite the experience. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like, this is the, this is the Seinfeld thing. This is the George Costanza. The Costanza what? Tell doing me the more. opposite. This is a, this is a whole episode oh. on this. Costanza, it's Costanza. He, he goes about life. He's like, oh my God, everything I've done in this, in my life, I keep thinking that I'm doing the right thing and it's always wrong. I'm just going to do the opposite of what I think all the time. And he goes on to like, get this job with the Yankees. He's like doing all this stuff. He's oh like, my God. He's like, he's like I Look figure out what I'm going to do. Out. He's like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of that. And then he like becomes wildly successful. So first of all, that's hysterical. I love that. Um, oh my God. Well, I think also an important oh, hold on. piece okay. to um, connect is like where micro quitting then connects to like macro quits in like a race, like where, when you're in like a, um, like a, a real situation where you don't want to be quitting Um, because if you've been practicing like opposite action or practicing like doing the thing even when you don't want to like in your training then when it comes to a race like there's going to be so many moments in a race where you're faced with making decisions that will either help you reach success or will not will impede your ability to achieve your goal Um, so like if you're in a race and you start having a feeling of like, I feel like I'm not gonna reach my goal, so I should just slow down or whatever. I should just like jog it in, like doing the opposite in that situation is very useful because that feeling like doesn't really match the facts. Like, why should you give up? Like, just because you're tired, like, doesn't it sound so silly when you're like, I feel tired, so I'm going to like slow down. Like that seems so silly. Like it doesn't seem you're like placing feeling a little bit less tired higher than reaching your goal. You know what I mean? Like in that moment, it just doesn't, that does not add up at all. And so like when you're in a race situation and you have to make these choices, like choosing to do the opposite and like push through or like keep running or like keep pushing the pace or whatever it may be, it can be like the right choice. And the only time like really like it's not the right choice is is if you're like on the cusp of injury um, or something yeah, like that. That makes so much sense. No question about it. And I love what you said before too about how oftentimes 
the the culmination of a lot of micro quits for some reason doesn't seem to be connected to our expectations of what mm. we can or should achieve in the short term, right? So like, as you mentioned, I don't need to restate it, like the person who does this over and over again and all of a sudden doesn't reach their goal at a race, it's like, but I did all the things. It's, it's almost like because it's almost like those micro those micro quits like never pierced like the um I don't, I'm, I'm, again, it's like I'm, the ego the yeah, ego doesn't exactly. let it come through right it's like protective it's like protecting yourself where like you uh, really believe about yourself that you did everything you you were supposed to and like you needed to in order to achieve the goal but like so that's like a narcissistic defense, right? Where we're like protecting our ego by like saying um, like how good we did. And like at the root of narcissism, which we know are like narcissistic defenses is like a uh, lack of self-worth or like a poor self-image. And so like that micro quit is trying, is like later confirming the poor self-image by preventing you from achieving your goal. You know what I'm saying? And saying, oh, you actually weren't, you weren't good enough to achieve this goal. You know what I mean? I knew it all along. <laughs> I was right. Everyone was wrong. I was never good enough to begin with. All right. So we, you've done such a good job of defining micro quitting and all the effects it can have and some of the manifestations of it. So 90 <laughs> seconds. How do we stop? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's not, <laughs> <how do> we... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, so... How can we start to put it to stop to these kinds of behaviors? So the first thing is like overriding it. So you're almost just like jump starting. So when you're like laying in bed and you're like, I don't want to get up, just get the fuck up. Like just get up, like do the motion. Like as soon as you're up, like you're going to go out the door and put your shoes on and get ready to go. So like the moment that you have a thought of like, or like a feeling of like, I don't want to do this or like, I want to stay here. You, that should be raising a red flag to you. Like I'm having this feeling, this thought, and now I must do the opposite and like, just go and like, just do the thing and like do that over and over again. And like, once you start doing that over and over again, you don't have to do it. It's just automatic. You know what I mean? It's not something that, that demands as much like taxation. The first time it does, it's like so hard to peel yourself out of bed when you like said or like thought, I just want to lay here. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. It feels like you're cement, like stuck to the mattress. And then it's so challenging to like actually get yourself to move. But then the next day, it's not as hard. You just get up because like, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. So like the mental and emotional work comes with maybe figuring out some of the deep-seated reasons why someone may be doing this. But in terms of stopping micro-quitting today or the daily mm -hmm. actions, it's just, hey, action breeds action. Just start going. 100%. And like that has to be the first step. If we ever don't employ action, we'll just live in this like circle, never-ending like cycle of self-awareness. And like that is so useless. Like who cares like how self-aware a person is if they're not actually doing anything. But you know? Allie, if I just get one more audiobook on self-development, <laughs> then I can get out of this, you know, self-defeating milieu that I'm currently embroiled in. <laughs> It's so true. And like so many of us just live in this like world where we're just like spinning in this space of like, I know myself so well. And it's like, I'll just sit here in it. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, I know, right? My, my my hot tub of disappointment. Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a blast to talk to you. If someone wants to learn more about your classes and the courses you're putting together, which I have found to be incredibly helpful, where should they go? Um, they can either DM me at Tiny But Mighty Runner on Instagram or my website is mindrunnercoaching.com, which is honestly, I'm not a web developer, is a really bad website. And I need to like uh, update it. Allie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Matt, for having me. Have a good one.